This is the Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. Hi, everybody. Coming to you again. Um, we're continuing with this uh, topical study, uh, positioning ourselves for our best tomorrow. It's Wednesday, and of course, you can see it live now on Facebook. Later on Facebook, goes to our Norco, NBCC Norco YouTube channel. You can download it also as a podcast. So however you choose to listen to it, you can share it with other people. You do whatever you want with it. Now, <clears throat> as I continue down this vein of thought, have you ever had a moment or maybe even a season where God was just speaking to you and it was so clear that you knew you had to do it, but you also knew it was going to change the course of your life? Now, when I say God speaks to you, let me be very clear on what I mean. The Holy Spirit lives inside of the follower of Christ. And if the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, it's a very easy step to drop thoughts into my mind. Does that make sense? If he's living in me, he can drop thoughts in me. And that's what I mean. When God speaks to me, he drops thoughts in my mind. The Holy Spirit does. And one of the times, and I've had quite a few times where it was so um, dramatic in its uh, consequence, if I chose to go that way, what God is telling me, it would change the course of my life. Maybe the biggest moment that I ever had with God that changed everything in my life and brought me to where I am today and brought the result of everything that we see on this campus happened in 1984 in November. I wish I knew the exact date. I locked myself in a bedroom, my home, lights off, and I would just sit there in the dark, just kind of sitting there waiting on God. That's what I did. And one night, after weeks of this, these thoughts landed in my mind. You will be a senior pastor. Guys, I wasn't even a youth pastor yet. I wasn't even on really any paid staff. Nothing, nothing. But you'll be a senior pastor. I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't expecting that. There was no way in my mind that that was going to be the course of my life. But those were the thoughts, and they were so clear, and they required that I did something about it, and I did. Now, two things were a, a part of that exchange. First, I had a spot. I had a spot where I regularly met with God, where there were no distractions, just me and God. The second part of it was this. That was 1984. It would be over seven years. Over seven years before that word that landed in my mind from God, seven years of preparation where I finally stepped into a senior pastor position. See, we need a spot and we need a preparation time for our best tomorrow. And it, and it just works that way. You, you cannot skirt those issues. That's the way it works. Find your spot with God and know there'll be preparation when God gives you the direction. Now, I want to go to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1 through 4. It's the Moses story. 
after he's been basically run out of Egypt because he killed the Egyptian, and he's been pastoring. It says this, one through four. Now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, that's his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. Oreb is another name for Mount Sinai. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Was, is that amazing? So Moses said, well, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why the bush is not burned up? God, check it out. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God sees Moses, stops his life, turns aside to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Here I am. Now, let's tear this apart now with this idea. To position ourselves, or myself, yourself, for your best tomorrow, the first thing we find here is, I need to, and you need to, meet with God. It's just that simple. Moses, in his daily employment of shepherding sheep, he sees a bush burning up on the, up on the mountain, and he says, I must turn aside now. Whoa. Slow those words down. I must turn aside now, meaning I've got to pause my life and check that out. I've got to pause my life and check that out. He doesn't know this is going to be the pivotal moment of his life where everything changes. And he'd never find that out if he doesn't pause his life and check it out. You know what the biggest struggle I think for most of us Christians is? Set aside time to meet with God. It's not easy. I'm not going to pretend that it is. It's not easy. We get so busy. But let me make it a little easier for you, okay? Everyone has a different style of meeting with God. And, and, and you do. And you got you to gotta think of it this way. Let me free some of you. Some of you out there are great at locking yourself away one-on-one -on -one with God prayer, praying, and just sitting in silence. Some of you are great at that. Others of you are terrible at that. It just, you fall asleep, you get bored, you get distracted. Others are great at getting alone with God and just having your Bible and reading scripture and meditating on what you're reading. You're communing with God at that moment and God can totally drop thoughts in your mind. Others of you are great at putting on worship music and being alone with God and just worshiping God. And that's your way of really communing with God the best. I'm here to tell you, just do what works best for you. Develop your spot. Develop the routine that works best for you. And do that on a regular basis. Now, the second thing I want to tell you is this. <clears throat> for having our best tomorrow, you got to cooperate with God's preparation. If you're going to have your best tomorrow, you've got to cooperate with God's preparation. Let me read verse 1 again. And it says, Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness. Wilderness just means desert. And came to Oreb, the mountain of God. <clears throat> okay. 
Let's go back now 40 years from this moment. 40 years ago, Moses attempted greatness by killing that Egyptian who was beaten on a fellow Hebrew. He tried to be the deliverer, and it all falls apart on him. And he scrams, and he runs, and he runs out of Egypt, the place where he had high position. And now he finds himself in a desert for 40 years of his life, in obscurity. No one knows him. The dream is dead. And the only thing he's doing now, what he's doing, he's just leading sheep around Mount Sinai for years. Let me tell you what it would seem like to Moses. It would seem like God is no longer moving in my life. God has forgotten about me. God is not going to do anything in my life. The dreams that I thought I had for my life that I thought God put in there, it's over. That's not true though, is it? We, we can read the story. We know it's not true. Let me tell you what God is doing. The first thing God is doing is he's preparing Moses inwardly. Did you know there has to be an inward preparation of you and me if we're going to walk in our best tomorrow when God says, this is what your life is going to be? Now, I want you to think now. Just think. Moses has to leave Egypt. He runs in fear because Pharaoh wants to kill him. He held a high position there. Now he becomes a lowly shepherd. Did you know in Genesis, it says that the Egyptian culture looked at shepherds as loathsome. They looked down upon them. They despised them. I think it's comical, don't you? Moses is way up here, and then he runs, and now he's way down here as a shepherd. The very thing that he brought up in the Egyptian culture, the very thing that he was taught to look down upon. Whoa. Don't miss the issue, guys. Please don't miss this. Or you'll miss what the best God has for you. What's God doing? God is dealing for 40 years now with the old cultural issues of Egypt that Moses was brought up in. He's got to get all that junk out of Moses, all that stinking thing, and all the old ways of looking at things. He's got to get it all out. I have a big question for you. How many old cultural issues and attitudes do you have that you grew up in with your culture? that do not line up with Scripture. And it will hinder you from your best tomorrow. And please don't say, well, that's just the way I am. Well, then guess what? That's just the way your life's going to be then. Mm -mm. The second little bullet point that I want to tell you is what God is doing during this time. He's refining our servant abilities. He's refining Moses' servant abilities. Moses is leading sheep that lowly position, for 40 years. That's going to be a third of his life. Now, sheep, not the smartest animals. In fact, he has to learn to lead dumb sheep. Sheep are dumb. That's why we have sea world, not sheep world, okay? 
So he's got to learn to care for sheep. Guide them to water. Lead them to pasture. Bring them back when they've gone astray. Take care of the sick ones. He has to learn to pastor these sheep. Guess what? He's learned to be a servant. If we're going to do anything for God and fulfill the great thing of God in our life, we've got to learn to be a servant. That's just, and, and don't complain about it either. One of the things God will test you on is your submissive ability. If you're belly aching and complaining, you're not a servant. You're not learning anything. I remember. I remember this one man. This goes back decades. He really wanted to be a pastor. Oh, well, he no, made no bones about it. Very vocal. But every time we did anything that required serving on a physical, manual level, he would just stand there and watch us. He wouldn't lift a finger. He didn't have a servant's bone in his body. He didn't even desire to cultivate a servant attitude. Let me tell you something about God. And when God calls you to do something, when God says to do something that will lead to a better tomorrow for you, it will always have in it a built-in moral attachment. There should be in whatever God is telling you to do, it should be in there a something that will lead you to help others, to serve others, always. If, it has, if that's not in there, then it's, I don't think it's God at all. Nehemiah is burdened to go back and rebuild the wall. Why? Because he likes building walls? No, he's never built a wall in his life. But he's burdened for the people back home. He's never even been to Jerusalem. But he's burdened for them. See, this vision that God puts in his life, attached to it is a certain moral attachment to help other people. You're not successful just for yourself. You're successful to help others. Think of it that way. You are blessed to be a blessing to people around you. That's a Jesus attitude. Jesus says the greatest among us shall be the servant. The servant. And we have to learn that one. And don't complain about it either. Because if you complain, you're just taking steps back. And you'll never walk in your best life. You should count it all joy and, and, and glorify God that you get to serve, even when it's tough. Now, the next thing that God's doing in his life, he's familiarizing Moses with the terrain. I love this idea. Moses is leading sheep around Sinai for 40 years. After 40 years, do you think Moses knows every turn in that area? You better believe it. Does he know where the oasis is? You better know that. Does he know the temperatures at certain times of the year? Yes. Does he know where to camp, where not to camp, where the pastures are, where they're? Yes, he knows it all. He knows the terrain. Let me tell you what he doesn't know while he's doing that for 40 years. He doesn't know that one day he will lead 2 million people, his people, through this very area. He doesn't know that. And for 40 years of his life, from age 40 to 80, he's doing the daily, mundane, shepherd-leading life. But that was preparing him for his destiny. Listen. 
we think, oh, God's not active in my mundane, everyday life. Are you kidding me? God is probably the most active there. He's using your daily life and daily events to prepare you for whatever tomorrow is. Whatever he has for you. You're learning so much, and you don't even know it. It's wax on, wax off, man. You think it's a waste of time. Oh, no, Daniel LaRusso. You're being prepared for that karate tournament. And remember that. The third thing I want to share from this is this. If I choose to meet with God, God will meet with me. Let me read verse 4 again. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Hmm. Moses turns aside to look, and God calls and says, Moses, Moses. Look, here's what I don't want you to think about God. I don't want you to think that God is staying away from Moses until Moses decides to seek him out. No. God is always following you around, follower of Christ, waiting for you to meet you and me to pause our life and to seek him out. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus, he's, he says, look, I, behold, I, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and have fellowship with him and he with me. God's always knocking. God's always knocking. Will we pause our life and open the door and have fellowship with him? See, here's the big question. In your life and in my life, how sore are the knuckles of Jesus from knocking and knocking and knocking? What do they look like? They all bloodied up from just knocking and knocking waiting for one of us to open the door and spend time with him. <clears throat> In Exodus 3.11, God tells Moses this. Because here's the result of it all. Stops, meets with him, everything happens. He says, therefore, come now. We've had 40 years of preparation. Therefore, come now. And I will send you, Moses, to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Pharaoh thinks they're his people. He's wrong. They're my people, God says. Well, what's going on right there? God reveals his destiny, Moses' destiny to him. He's telling him, this is what your tomorrow is going to be. This is what it's going to look like. And Moses has gone through all the steps to finally come to that moment in his life. That same pattern is possible for you and for me. Because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, we're going to stop there now. God bless you. Hope this meant something to you. We'll see you later. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.